Mikel Arteta has been speaking to the press ahead of the visit of Leeds United this Sunday. We're going to be reviewing that press conference right here on this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu. And on this edition, we're going to be reviewing Mikel Arteta's press conference ahead of the visit of Leeds United. Lots of interesting stuff in today's one that we're going to dissect and discuss. And I'd love to hear from you guys as well in the live comments. Um, so yeah, plenty to get through uh, during this show. And a big hello to those of you that are already with us in the live chat. A big hello to those of you who will be watching this back on replay. And of course, to those of you who will be listening to this back via the audio platforms. Don't forget, like, subscribe, review. You know the drill by now. Um, and if you're interested in becoming a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, all you have to do is click on the link in the description. You'll receive access to some of our bonus content as well as a number of other membership perks. So do check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, let's say a big hello to Roy, who's in there, um, to Ebby, to T-Talks. Uh, to Graham and to Marshall, one of our newest members who joins us from Maryland in the USA. Um, welcome. Welcome to the channel. Really, really appreciate your support. Delighted to have you on board. Right. Let's uh, let's start. Before we go into the press conference, let's quickly touch on a couple of other, uh, well, on one other main bit of news. And that is that the venues for Arsenal's Europa League ties against Benfica have now been confirmed. So Arsenal will travel, as we know, to Rome for the first leg. That will be Benfica's home leg. And the second leg will be played in Greece, in Athens, in Piraeus, in Olympiakos' stadium, despite the fact that Athens has been put into a lockdown until the 28th of February. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, if you think that we're going to fly all that way to go and play in a country that is in lockdown, in a city that is in lockdown, then why not play it somewhere a little bit closer to home? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, you know, we can we can sit and, and discuss it. We can talk about the fact that perhaps UEFA in this instance uh, should make it a one-legged tie. Perhaps UEFA should scrap the away goals rule where there's no sign of them doing either of those two things. So it's going to be a clash between Arsenal and Benfica. Firstly, taking place in Rome. That will be Benfica's home leg and our home leg will be in the Yorgos Garay Skagi Stadium in Athens, which also makes no sense. But there we go. We move on. Uh, we move on. So we've had confirmation on that now. Uh, so I wanted to just uh, bring that to your attention. But let's uh, let's dip into the press conference now without further ado, because Mikel Arteta has been talking about a number of things. Now, he talked about uh, the team news ahead of this game against Leeds United. And what I found really uh, worrying uh, from this was was one line in particular. And that was the last line where he said, be patient because it looks like a lot of players are breaking down. So Mikel Arteta um, 
giving us the impression that injuries uh, are starting to take their toll on this Arsenal side. And he made it clear that we're in a bad way in that sense. And I think, you know, that kind of maybe possibly suggests that there are other players who aren't necessarily ruled out, but are struggling for fitness, are, are feeling the effects of playing so many games in close succession. And, you know, lots of the Premier League managers throughout the course of the season have been discussing the need to, to take care of the players, not just protecting them from the coronavirus, but also protecting them from this kind of thing, from fatigue, from injuries that could really cause longer term damage. And I think as the season's gone on, um, you know, I think as the season's gone on, you're starting to see what they were all banging on about because now we've got to kind of the business end of the season. We're over the halfway mark. People are starting to break down and it's not just the Arsenal. We're seeing it at other clubs as well. And, um, you know, you do wonder why the Euros are still going ahead. You know, you do wonder why that wasn't cancelled just to give people a bit of time to recover because, as we know, the season has been largely condensed and now you're going to have the European Championships in the summer and people are going to break down and people are going to get injured. And I know there'll be an argument back that says that, you know, there's been no, there was no football played for around about um, three months, you know, due to the COVID thing. It, it just, it, it doesn't sit right for me. It just feels like we're asking too much of the players at the moment. And as a result, we're seeing uh, multiple players break down and struggle. Um, he was also asked about Thomas Partey. Now, of course, we know Thomas Partey has been ruled out for this weekend's game. We spoke about that uh, at length yesterday. We spoke about the concerns around him. Um, but Mikel Arteta refused to be drawn on how long Thomas Partey is likely to be unavailable for. He said the club didn't think it was anything too bad, but after the scans, it was revealed that it, things looked a little bit worse. He said he won't be available to play against Leeds and we will see how it evolves in the next two days. But it is a muscular issue. Uh, so there's clearly a, 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 you know, a hamstring strain there by the looks of it. As I said to you guys on the programme yesterday, um, in my experience and, and sort of, not just playing football, but over the years of of watching it and following it and working and reporting on it, um, the way I do, a hamstring injury is normally about three weeks on the sidelines. That's and obviously it depends on the grade of the strain and and various other factors. But I'd imagine that Thomas Partey is probably going to miss both legs against Benfica. I'd be very surprised if Thomas Partey uh, recovered in time for any of those games, and that's a huge, huge blow for Arsenal because we know. Um, you know, the, the, the way things have gone this season, the, the Europa League is very much the priority now. It's got to be, um, you know, initially or a few weeks back, even as recently as maybe two weeks ago, Arsenal obviously had a great, um, a great opportunity to, to start closing the gap in the top four with successive defeats at Wolves and Villa. You start to, you start to worry, um, you know, you start to worry that it's not, you know, it's not possible anymore. And, and and so it feels like there is a bigger weight now on the Europa League and can Arsenal get through the, what's going to be a difficult tie uh, without one of their key players? Only time will tell. Um, he also went on to say that he was devastated. He said, we're devastated because we know the um, 
importance of Thomas. And we haven't really had him since we signed him. We haven't had him in three games consecutively. I think he's only played 90 minutes once since he's come back from injury. So it's a big blow for us, but he is adapting to the league. He's been very unlucky as well. And he's frustrated because he's a very competitive guy who wants to feel important and be important for the team. And at the moment, the injuries are restricting a lot of game time for him. So um, it's clear that Thomas Partey is just as frustrated um, as we are. Uh, Mikel Arteta was asked about the uh, the competition uh, because, uh, sorry, between Burn Leno and Matt Ryan. We won't touch on that too much because um, he said exactly what you'd expect him to say there in terms of, um, you know, that, that it, Matt Ryan has been brought in to pu- push Burn Leno, et cetera, et cetera. So not really too much to unpack from that one. He was also asked about whether... Um, it was a positive, actually, Arsenal having a week on the training pitch. Now, of course, this week has felt really long because, you know, on the one hand, I do feel like we're getting a little bit of of football burnout, given that there are games every single day. But then when that's taken away from you and you find yourself in a situation where Arsenal haven't played from Saturday to Sunday, it does feel like an awful long time. Mikel Arteta did point out, though, that Arsenal couldn't work some of the days because of the snow and the condition of the pitch. But he said it was unusual for us to have a week to prepare, but we've reviewed a lot of things we've done in recent weeks and the reasons we have won a lot of games and the reasons we lost in the last few games. In a strange way, we didn't deserve to. It is completely down to us and what we have to do better. Um, He talked a little bit about Leeds, but again, you know, it's all the stuff you'd expect. Brave, dynamic, attacking side, exciting, great coach. He's obviously a big fan of... Marcelo Bielsa, who isn't, to be honest. Um, you know, he's he's won a lot of people over since he's come to the UK and and basically implemented a style of football that nobody really thought could work in the championship. He did it, brought Leeds up, and lo and behold, despite them having some ups and downs this season, Leeds United find themselves above Arsenal in the Premier League. Above Arsenal in the Premier League by a point at present, but if they were to beat us tomorrow, that could be four points. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, if they were to beat us, that could become four. And if they won their game in hand, it could even be seven. Uh, So, you know, that just shows you that although we're having an underpass season for Leeds to be where they are is, is pretty impressive. And yes, they've brought some players in. But what I really admire about Marcelo Bielsa is he hasn't strayed away from his values. He hasn't strayed away from what he believes is the right way to play football. It's very easy, isn't it, when you get promoted to kind of become a little bit negative, become a little bit more pragmatic in your approach. But Marcelo Bielsa certainly has not done that. Um, Mikel Arteta came on to talk about Kieran Tierney. And this bit was really, really interesting because just yesterday, the club revealed to us that Kieran Tierney was still struggling with that, what they described as a lower right leg strain. So a strain to the right lower leg. I always get confused saying that. But basically they revealed that there was a a strain in that area that was proven problematic for Kieran Tierney. And we heard last week that the scans revealed it was nothing significant. Um, And that's why some of us retained some hope that he might have been available for this weekend. But when asked about Kieran Tierney today, Mikel Arteta started talking about his knee, which suggests and and I guess reveals that there is a knee issue that Kieran Tierney is also suffering from. I mean, how frustrating is this? He's He's proven his worth. He's proven what a great left back he is. He's, he's so talented, so key to this team, a good 
leader. You know, he's got the right attitude. There's so many positives about Kieran Tierney, but it's starting to feel like the guy's made a glass. And, you know, first it was, um, it was the strain that wasn't serious. And now we're talking about a knee problem as well. So the signs are not good when it comes to Kieran Tierney. And you can understand why there are many Arsenal fans out there starting to get concerned about this. And it kind of makes the decision to firstly, let's say Kalasinac go and secondly, not bring in another left back even more crazy uh, because as medical professionals, I think you should be able to spot, you know, when, when this kind of thing is coming, when, and I'm not saying you can predict every injury. Some of them are freak accidents, you know, but Kiarantini's injury record has been sketchy at best, even from his Celtic days. So it is a real, uh, real concern. And it's a concern that Arsenal haven't reacted to that because we all as fans probably saw it coming. Um, you know, we've seen it happen before since he's joined the club. We've seen Kiarantini uh, face extended periods on the sidelines. So, yeah. Um, it is a worry. It's a massive worry. This is what he had to say anyway, Mikel Arteta. He said, we have to see how the knee reacts when he starts to get a bit more load. He hasn't had much luck, but he's very positive at the moment. He's in good spirits and he's desperate to get back in the team. And we will see in the next few days, the moment he starts to train with the team and see how he is feeling and how he reacts. Um, so, yeah, some uh, some concerns there around Kieran Tierney and this knee injury that appears to have surfaced now. Right, let's go over to some of the live comments and see what you guys are saying before I move on because I'm just conscious of of missing out on 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 some of those. Um, Marshall asks a very very good question uh, about the social media abuse, and we'll come on to talk about that in a little bit, mate. So hold fire on that um, because that that was spoken about in the press conference as well. So when I get to that point, we'll discuss that. Um, Feridun says he watched the press conference and that Mikel Arteta didn't seem upbeat. I can, I can assure you that was the case. He looked, didn't look very happy, uh, Mikel Arteta, but you can understand because things just seem to be stacking up against him. You know, it feels like everything that could go wrong is going wrong for Mikel Arteta. And I do have a lot of sympathy for him in that sense. Ebby Vander says, I still think our medical department needs investigating. Uh, so some of you even suggesting that the medical department are not doing their jobs to a good enough standard. And that's why we're suffering with the recurrence of injuries. Um, what else have we got? Um, Foddy says, Harry, don't you think that Arsenal have a history with players getting injured off them? When you look back to Rosicki for your Walcott, Jack Wilshire, etc. Yeah, we certainly do. And it's it's difficult, though, to always know whether like how much of that is can be attributed to the medical staff not doing their job properly. How much of that can be attributed to the individual player and his tendency to break down? How much of it can be attributed to the manager perhaps rushing people back or playing them? when they're not 100% fit, it's very difficult to draw those lines, isn't it? To understand who's to blame um, for this issue. But you're right in pointing it out. It is an issue that Arsenal have struggled with for years and years and years. And um, there's no signs of that getting any better. Uh, big hello to Saeed Abdullah. Good afternoon to Wesbird, who says smash the like button. Yes, please do make sure if you haven't already that you smash the like button. If you're listening via the audio platforms as well, uh, be sure to leave us a review. Quick reminder of how you can become a member of the channel. All you need to do is click on the link in the description. You will receive a number of benefits, which include access to our Discord server and access to our members only content if you go for the gold level or above. So check that out. Um, 
What else have we got here? Big hello to Patrick as well. Uh, Saeed's asking what's going on with Kieran Tierney. Well, I've just kind of gone through it. He's um, He's got a knee problem now on top of everything else. Uh, Wes Bird also says he had problems with injuries at Celtic. Hopefully not another DRB. Yeah, he certainly did. And, and I pointed that out at the time we signed him. You know, if you if you go back to the, um, you know, go back to the, um, if you go back to some of the podcasts from then, um, around about that time, you'll see that actually um, I was quite concerned about that. I was concerned about his fitness issue and people were assuring me, no, no, you know, he's young still. He's played so many games in um, at his age. That's why, et cetera, et cetera. But it is a real concern. There's no getting away from that. Um, let's say a big hello to Steve Stone, who says, I feel like I've stolen from you, Harry. Not only brilliant in-depth member content, but also fantastic debates in the Discord. Well done to you and the fellow members. No, that that's all down to you guys. The Discord stuff is all down to you guys. So thank you um, for, for being interactive, for, for communicating with one another, and most importantly, doing it respectfully. It's a great little community we've built up there. So really enjoying being a part of that and, and being able to communicate with you guys a little bit more closely as well. Uh, Somerset Guna, another one of our members, points out poor condition monitoring is probably why we are struggling in this sense. And and it's, you know, it's, a, it's another good point. And again, I'll just re-emphasize the point that it's difficult to know how much of that can be attributed to, to those uh, working in the medical team at the club. But when you look at the results, it doesn't look good um, on them. Obviously, there are other factors that play a part in this. But you're right. Um, you know, what we're seeing would suggest that there is a poor condition monitoring going on. Yeah, for sure. Um Akshay uh, says, looks like our lack of depth is going to hurt us. Cola and Ainsley Maitland-Niles would have been a useful backup right now. Maybe it's time to promote some new promising kids from the academy. Yeah, um, we haven't left ourselves with much choice. But I guess we all wanted to see Mikel Arteta trim the squad down. We all wanted him to. We all wanted him to move out the players that are often referred to by people as dead wood. And um, sometimes in doing that for a period of time like we're seeing now, you will leave yourself short. You know, Arsenal won't be able to go out in the summer, and I don't think, especially if we don't qualify for Europe and spend mega, mega money. But we need to rebuild the squad back to what it was in terms of the the numbers that we had. Because, you know, yeah, we had too many numbers and not enough good quality players. It's important that we rebuild it in the right way with strong foundation so we do bring in the right players. But we are a little bit short, actually. There's no getting away from that. And and when you look at the fact that the left-back position is a, is a problem, um, you know, Kola, Ainsley, Maitland-Niles, two people who could have potentially backfilled in that role. I, I want to make it clear, though, as well, that, you know, although he made the mistake at Aston Villa, it was literally one pass, by the way, at Aston Villa. Cedric has done that role pretty well up until now. So I'm not going to pile in on the fact that we we've been playing Cedric there because up until that stupid moment at the start of the game against Aston Villa, he did pretty well. And he did pretty well after that again. So, um, you know, I, I still think he's he's capable of doing that role. I just feel like it just disrupts our balance a little bit when you play with a, a right-footed defender at left back. It just doesn't quite sit right for me. As I've said to you guys before, I think in the final third, it's not really an issue. If you're going to be an inverted winger, that's absolutely fine. And we've seen many players make brilliant careers out of doing exactly that. But when you're talking about left back, 
I think it, it makes life a lot more difficult. And um, when you're trying to get forward and support whoever it is playing on the left flank and you're always having to cut inside or always having to take that extra touch to to shift the ball onto your stronger foot, it does disrupt the flow um, and it's not ideal. But yeah, lack of depth um, is an issue. And and again, but the, the issue is we've always had a lack of depth, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of quality. And that was uh, that was an issue. Uh, big hello to, uh, what, what else we got here? Sorry, I've just skipped through low the comments. I didn't mean to, um, where's the one I wanted? Uh, Marshall says all teams struggle with injuries. Arsenal perhaps are suffering from a lack of professionalism, professionalism in the back room at the club. Since we know the club hasn't exactly been a tight ship for the past few years. Another good point. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, in terms of your comments, in terms of your questions. Um, Unpopular opinion. And I suspect this is going to be an unpopular opinion from Akshay, but I'll read it out anyway. He says, Willian, who has not been very useful as an attacking option, could make for a makeshift fullback. His work rate and experience ought to help. I I don't see it, mate. I I, I don't, but I understand the thinking behind it. I I just don't see it for me. Uh, big hello to Connor Longworth, another one of our members. How you doing? Uh, it says, hopefully see Joel Lopez get a chance in the team soon. And a hello to Sam as well, who says it's been the same for years with all the injuries. So frustrating. Um, Aditya uh, says the mood of Arteta in today's press conference would have been also influenced by the nature of questioning, but it might have had a mental toll on him. Abuse on social should be stopped. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a bit of detail now because it is um it is something uh it is something that is a is a hot topic at the moment and something that needs dealing with um right let, let's continue through the press conference and i'll come back to the live chat in just a little bit um he was asked about nicolas pepe who as i've said time and time again on this show i think has been much improved in recent weeks i've really enjoyed watching nicolas pepe show arsenal what he can do i think he's more effective from the left um for what it's worth i'd start him probably um on sunday i was torn between him and obamiang uh, when i did the preview show yesterday which you can check out by the way it's available on all major podcasters and it's available on this channel of course i just the more I think about it, the more I talk myself into the fact that I think Pepe should play from the left because I think we've looked a more balanced outfit uh, with him there than Aubameyang. And Aubameyang's been missing for, for you know, reasons out of his control. And I get all that. I just, I don't know if Aubameyang's been good enough this season for me to just rush him straight back into the team and disregard the good work that Nicolas Pepe's done in recent weeks. Let me know in the chat, would you rather see... Uh, Pepe start from the left or would you rather see Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang start from the left this weekend? On Pepe, this is what Arteta had to say. He said um, he, he said he hopes he can maintain that level now for months and not weeks. He says he's done much, much better and he thinks there's been a click with him, even in his mentality, how he's approaching every training session, the importance of every action in the game and how he can sustain his focus and determination during games. He said he really likes his attitude and what he's done in the last few weeks um, is has been much better. He, st- he went on to say that he still has a lot of room to improve and grow and he's willing to do that. So I'm expecting him to go to the next level very soon. So Mikel Arteta a little bit cautious about giving him lots and lots of praise um, and, and kind of 
make suggesting that he's the finished article. He still realizes that that he has a long way to go, and there's there's much more um, on which Nicolas Pepe can improve. But considering that it seemed like just a few months ago, Mikel Arteta had very very little faith, um, very little faith in uh, Nicolas Pepe. It's good to see that. The, uh, the Ivorian is starting to win him over. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying um, in the chat. First of all, big hello to Jamie Richards, who's just subbed. Says, decent stream. Thank you very much, mate. Really appreciate it. Welcome uh, to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Um, Omar will go with Pepe. Said will go with Pepe. Sam says he loves Oba, but Pepe should start. Josh, Pepe as well. Patrick wants Martinelli to start. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, most of you want to see Pepe start, but Patrick's thrown a spanner in the works there with Gabriel Martinelli. I'd, I would I would go for Pepe personally, but we'll have to see. Uh, big hello to Andre as well, who joins us from Sweden. He says, fantastic show, Harry. This is my favourite Arsenal podcast. Keep up the good work. Much love from Sweden. Andre, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate the support. Um, let's, let's move on. Uh, we'll move on to the subject of the social media abuse, which obviously um, is uh, is a big topic. And um, initially, Mikel Arteta was asked about the abuse directed uh, towards um, players. You know, Mike Dean is someone who's been on the receiving end of it. And look, for me, I can't stand Mike Dean. I think he's pedantic. I think he's... Um, he is a referee who always wants to be in the spotlight. I think he's everything that's wrong with referees and, and, and I can't stand guy, but that doesn't mean that I would jump on an online platform and send him abuse um, or threaten his family or do anything of that sort, because that isn't right. You know, you, you can sit there and you can dig him out for some of the refereeing decisions he makes, which many of them, uh, have proven questionable. You, you know, you've seen him have two red cards overturned uh, by the Premier League in the space of a week. So this has been a consequence of Mike Dean getting things wrong. And, and Mike Dean, despite having replays at his disposal, still making diabolical decisions. But I keep going back to the point that there, there's no there's no place for this kind of stuff. Um, and this is where, you know, I think that the social media platforms need to do a lot more. You know, well, well, there must be algorithms whereby they can pick up certain language and have a look at it. There must be algorithms whereby they can identify this kind of stuff. I mean, sometimes I'm sitting in, and I'll be talking to the to the missus about something and, you know, oh, I, I want to look at a new car or, you know, I, I need a new pair of trainers. And the next time I pop on Instagram, there's a bloody advert tailored to exactly what I've been talking about. So there's, there's no way that they don't have the capabilities of, of filtering this crap out and stopping it. Um, because you know, it's horrible. It's a mess. And Mikel Arteta has revealed, and I'm not going to read the exact comments because it's a little bit long winded, but I mean, Mikel Arteta has revealed that he's received threats, um, you know, and that his family um, have been on the receiving end of it as well. It, it, it's not on. It's not on. And all that needs to happen, in my opinion, for this to. All right. It's not going to completely stop, but to to get it back under control would be to make people accountable on social media. 
You know, some people want to remain anonymous on social media uh, and that's absolutely fine. You know, for me, I use my actual name. It's not really an issue for me because whatever I say on there, whatever I do on there, it's obviously my responsibility. And, and I have to be mindful of that in my job and, and in the work that I do um, that I'm very careful because there are a lot of people that don't like um my views or don't like what I say or don't like the content that I make or, or or don't like the way I look at Arsenal but the and there are plenty of them who will be waiting to pounce on anything I did on social media that would potentially land me in hot water so I have to be very mindful of that but everybody does everybody should be mindful of that and the only way that comes is if people are held accountable so I think when you sign up to a social media platform, I've said it before, you should have to give some kind of verification of who you are. And, and that doesn't have to be on public display for everybody to see. But I do think um, it needs to be at least accessible or you need to be at least identifiable to those who run the social media platforms. So in the event that this shit occurs, you can be identified and punished. Simple as that. Um, but we've spoken about it before. It's not going away. Um, and, and nor will it until that action is taken or action along those lines, whereby people are starting to be held accountable for the, the shit they say. Um, because otherwise, you know, this, this will just continue. It's like a circle that will never end this. It's a merry-go-round that never stops, you know, just abuse. And whether that be racial, homophobic, um, whether it be death threats, whether it be, you know, bullying in any form or whatever, it's just, you got to stop it. And the only way to do that, as I said, I think anyway, is to hold people accountable. Um, Omar agrees. He says social media platforms have to do more. Side says the authorities uh, must arrest these people. Um, Akshay also says even if Runarsen is a good example, has been incompetent, fans shouldn't have cyber bullied him. It's not fair. Along with the rest of the team, we have to be supporters first not spew hatred at the boys. Uh, Patrick says how someone would open their phone, go onto an app, search the person up and DM them just to abuse them actually baffles me. Yeah, you're completely right. You are completely right. And it baffles me as well. And, you know, I've experienced it. I've had, um, I've had, um, messages come into my inbox over the last couple of years since I've been doing this properly. Well, I say properly as in more, um, full time, you know, I've had I've had abuse uh, come my way. I remember going on Arsenal Fan TV once and coming home uh, to an email saying that they wished death on me and my child and things like that. Who does that? Who actually goes and writes things like that? It's, it's madness. Absolute madness. But there are sick people out there, unfortunately. Um, Kenny says, Harry, I used to dislike you for your views on Ozil. I'd like to think that you disliked my views rather than disliking me. But uh, if that's the way you feel, man, that's cool as well. <laughs> um, right. Let's continue um, a little bit further on in the press conference. And then I'm going to come to some of your questions. So if you've put questions in and they've been lost in the chat, hold fire. And in around about five minutes time, I'm going to ask you to drop those uh, those questions to me. Uh, just a quick reminder as well that the Chronicles of Aguna is currently sponsored by manscaped.com. So if you want to get your uh, 
your uh, pitch down below, shall we say, looking as lush, as fresh, as crisp. Hopefully not as green, though, as the Emirates Stadium pitch. Then head over to manscaped.com for all your grooming needs. Uh, this show is sponsored by Manscaped. And if you enter the promo code, uh, which is currently running across your screens, if you're watching us via the video, it's 90min20. So that's 90min20. And you will receive 20% off at manscaped.com. It makes a great Christmas birthday present. Christmas is gone, but birthday present uh, for for any male friends or family you may have. Um, so yeah, check it out. And uh, you get 20% off as well as free shipping. So head over to manscaped.com for more. Uh, right, let's go back to the um, the press conference stuff. <laughs> Hold on. I'm just having a look at what some of you are saying about my uh, my crisp pitch pitch. If you want me to change it, I'll change it, mate. But it's just the best one that came to mind. Uh, if you've got a better idea, yeah, you know what? Actually, listeners, if you've got a better idea as to how we can do the manscaped, um, the manscaped pitch, then let me know. You all know what it is now. Um, it's a trimmer that is designed to work in certain regions, and it is a trimmer uh, with which you get a load of other stuff like ball deodorant and some other things. I didn't even know that. Um, existed but they do apparently uh, so check those out and uh, yeah if you've got any ideas on how we can pitch that going forward then let me know let me know uh, right let's go back to the uh, to the press conference um he talked a little bit more about Kieran Tierney um you know he was asked about how long he's gonna he's gonna uh, be out for and and, and Mikel Arteta again uh, wouldn't allude to it really. He was he was kind of saying, you know, uh, in the last few days he's feeling better. He's training. He's positive. He's willing to come back early and help the team. And hopefully we can have him soon. But there's a fine line um, here, isn't there? Because the problem is that you you want him back in the side, but we've seen other players breaking down, um, and so you've got to be careful and, and weigh up the the risk versus the reward. And um and see how it goes, uh, or you know, or see what what seems the best option at that point in time. So it's very difficult to know whether to um, rush people back, um, you know, ahead of time if they're saying that they feel all right, um, or you know, if you if you wrap them up in cotton wool because with a view with a view to the longer term, but that's not helping us right now, is it? And that's why I can understand why Mikel Arteta's found it difficult at times to find the balance with with some of these players that have been returning uh, from injury. A couple of other bits and pieces. Um, he was asked about the social media abuse, and and we've already talked about it, but Mikel obviously has received. Um, some threats uh, with with regards to his family. The club were aware of it and they tried uh, to deal with it, apparently. The other kind of important bit, um, what the other kind of important two bits, I think, that you'll probably want to hear about. Uh, a lot of people have been um, asking about Gabriel Martinelli and why maybe Gabriel Martinelli didn't come on as a substitute in the game against Aston Villa. Um, you know, there, there was obviously... Uh, you know, many who felt that he should have come on ahead of Willian, for example, but that wasn't the case. And and 
Mikel's been talking about Martinelli. Um, he, he spoke about the fact that Martinelli came back from that long-term injury and did really well, but then he picked up another injury and it took him a while to come back. He said it's now about um, getting him into his rhythm and getting him into the place, um, you know, uh, getting him to the place in the team like everybody else. So he's spoken about the fact that he's pulled, you know, he's, he's broken down a couple of times and, um, it's what I've said all along. I think I think that that he's been very protective of Gabriel Martinelli, and given the the injury and the severity of it, and at the age of which he sustained it, I think it's very important now that the management of of Gabriel Martinelli moving forward is is the right management and effective management management that prevents him breaking down with a similar injury. Because if he did, you wonder um, where his career would be going. So, yeah. Um, that's where I'm at on that. Just before I touch on the following Balogun update, guys, make sure you get your questions in the live chat. Chuck them in. Um, and uh, I will come to some of those before we wrap up uh, this live edition of the show. Uh, Mikel Arteta was asked whether Balogun will leave at the end of the season. And here's what he had to say. No, I'm still very positive that flow is going to stay with us. And it's what we're trying to do as a club. And it's what I'm trying to do as a manager. As far as I know from last week, the player wants to be here. So I'm positive. I think he's made big progress in the last few months. So there you go. Um, Mikel Arteta, very optimistic about the uh, the possibility of following Balogun staying on at Arsenal beyond the end of his contract, which of course is due to expire at the end of this season. Let's go over to the live chat box and pick up a few questions before uh, we wrap it up. Uh, Said says, uh, can you see Arsenal win the league with these owners? It's not impossible, um, but I certainly think it's going to be very, very difficult unless uh, there is a a real change of strategy, unless there is a, a uh, an acceptance and a willingness to you know, go out and spend big money because I feel that's what it takes. You know, you can talk all you want about what Leicester did in, in 2015, 16, I think it was. But that was a freak season. You know, that was a freak season. You know, Arsenal used to compete with Manchester United. Yes, United used to spend more money than us, but things were different then. You know, now you've got Chelsea in the picture who can go and spend £250 million in one summer. Um, on duds mostly. <laughs> and then you've got, um, you know, Manchester City, who are, are huge and have, well, not huge in terms of the size of the club, but are huge in terms of their financial muscle. And they can go and buy players. And that's why they've got such an incredibly strong squad. Uh, so it's, it's very difficult for Arsenal to win the league, barring an absolute miracle from the manager unless they change their strategy. And and I can't see the Cronkies ever doing that. So it's going to be tough. Um, I'm not going to say never. We'll never win it under them because never say never. And to be fair to them, they have spent money of late, but there needs to be a greater ambition within the club. It needs to be about winning at all costs. And it really isn't with the Cronkies. It's it's about more than that. And, and that kind of spreading of your priorities can often lead to you not ever fulfilling any of them properly, if that makes sense. Um, 
Patrick says, I think some of these big boy YouTubers also have an influence on the abuse people are getting. Yeah, I agree with that. There's so many public spats between this YouTube YouTuber and that YouTuber, and they're all over social media giving it what from one end to the other. And all that does is, is just make it seem right. And particularly for younger people who are, are growing up and perhaps are still, you know, still more easily influenced than some of us um you know that, that that's not good is it and it's it's a kind of generational thing you know if you grow up in a generation where you think that it's absolutely fine to abuse people on social media then what hope do we have you know i i wasn't brought up to abuse people in any way let alone on social media that's why i don't do it but you will find um that there are people doing it constantly people with big platforms and people who have a responsibility to simply be better and they don't um, you know, they don't fulfill that responsibility. They don't live up to uh, the kind of responsibility that having such a big following brings. And um, yeah, it's a problem and it's a great point. Uh, Marshall says, do you think that the abuse online combined with a lack of positive support in the stadium from fans is having a disproportionate effect on the athletes this year? Do you think it might result in injuries? I don't think it will result in injuries, um, but I do think that it's having a mental impact on on the players because as a player, I guess, how do you gauge how well you played? A lot of it will be obviously from your coach, but one of the big indicators is the response you get from the crowd. You know, that would be a massive indicator to a player as to whether he's been happy with his day's work. You know, if you're, if you've played a game for Arsenal and on the 75th minute, your number goes up and you're, you're being substituted. If you got a stand innovation from the crowd, that's kind of your, confirmation isn't it that's kind of your clarification of the fact that you've had a good game today and without that without that that support in the stadium perhaps fans uh, perhaps players sorry are more inclined to go over to social media and try and gauge an understanding of how their performance was received whereas previously they wouldn't have necessarily needed to do that as often maybe in as much detail so yeah that's a really really good point Marshall I don't think it's impacted on injuries though but I do think it's impacted on players mentally yeah Akene says Harry I'm worried that at this point every mistake Arteta makes uh, will be jumped at by even people I thought that knew football E.G. Lee judges and he's bound to make a mistake. He's human. I, I think people will question, um, will question Mikel Arteta. And I think to a degree, they have a right to do that. I just think that, um, you know, it's, it's just people have different opinions. It's just that they've got to exercise those opinions respectfully. And, and Lee judges does, you know, he, he always, um, puts it across, I think respectfully. And it's because he loves the club, but you know, there are others who don't. You know, there are others who don't do it with uh, with respect. There are other people who do it with, sadly, the wrong intentions, the intention of getting clicks and the intention uh, of growing their following. Uh, what else have we got here? Inter Yanan says, as we all know, I can't stand Arteta being our manager, but I'm never going to throw hate towards him. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? I didn't particularly warm to Unai Emery. Those of you who followed the podcast since then will know I wasn't a big Unai Emery fan and I wanted him out probably... Uh, before most people. Um, and when I spoke about that appearance that I did on AFTV that resulted in me getting uh, loads of abuse, that was what I was talking about. The fact that I didn't really feel that it was going in the right direction with Unai. Um, but I never sat there and said, he's this and he's that and he's effing this and he's effing that and his wife's this and his kids are this. No, there's no need for it. You can. These are football managers who 
we don't know as human beings, right? We can only judge them based on what we think they're doing as football managers. Um, and that's that's where we should draw the line because we don't know about anything else going on behind the scenes. We don't know about their personalities. We can try to understand a little bit from the press conferences and interviews and all of that stuff that they, they give. But, you know, we don't know them, do we? We don't know them personally. Uh, what else have we got? Um, let's pick out one more before we uh, jump off. Um, where should we go? Uh, let's pick up this one from David because I haven't seen one from David already in the um, in the comments today. He says, I think it's more of an Arsenal problem over the years, talking about the injuries. Uh, it's not specific to COVID. Wilshire, Rosicki, Van Persie, Diaby and many others. We recruit stronger players. We should recruit stronger players. Don't need time to adapt. Yeah. And another very, very good point. Right. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you smash the like button. It really, really does help us get our streams out to as many people as possible. Let me check out uh, how many likes we've got so far. Look, we've got 150 of you watching on YouTube at the moment. Um, a few more on the other platforms as well, but there's only 44 likes. Let's get that up to at least 75, at least halfway. Uh, half of you, it only takes half of you in the live chat to hit that like button uh, to get us to where we need to be. So hopefully we can get over the line between now and by the time the outro plays. Don't forget this podcast is sponsored by manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to manscaped.com, enter the promo code, which is 90min20, that's 90 min two zero, uh, and you'll receive 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. So feel free to check that out if that is something that you are in the market for. Also, if you fancy becoming a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel and uh, you want to receive access to some of our exclusive content as well as joining our Discord server, then guys, uh, all you need to do is click on the link in the description. They're free tiers available, and I'd love to have you on board. So check it out. Um, Marshall is asking for the Discord link. Let me just quickly, I always get this wrong because I never know what tab it's on, but if you go um, on your YouTube, I don't know if you're watching from your phone but or, or from your, um, whether it's from your phone or, or from your computer, but basically, yeah, uh, as Steve Stone says, go to perks. Um, and that is where you will find it. Uh, you'll find the link there. It was posted a week ago. I think it's the third post in the list. So you'll just find it there. All you have to do once you've downloaded the app, logged in, whatever, just click on that and it will take you into the discord server. Uh, so look forward to, um, to seeing you in there, Marshall. Thank you. Uh, big thank you to Patrick, who says cheers for the great stream as usual. Big thanks to Akshay as well and everybody else in the live chat. Uh, really, really appreciate your support as always. And uh, we'll be back very soon with some more Arsenal content. Don't forget, live watch along Sunday, 4.30. Um, we'll be starting at 4.15. If, yeah, 4.30 kickoff. We'll start 4.15. Come and join me for live commentary um, of the game between Leeds and Arsenal uh, in the Premier League. We'll be interacting in the comments as well as taking you through the game, just like we did last time. And last time, we had nearly 10,000 views uh, on that one. So that was our biggest one yet. So really, really appreciated that. Really enjoyed doing it as well uh, and putting that together. So if you fancy joining us this Sunday, I know it's Valentine's Day, so it might be a little bit more difficult for people to get away. But um, if you fancy it, we'll be there. Uh, so come and join me for that one. Until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers.
You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. 